from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Here's your host, Danny Burke. It is that time, ladies and gentlemen. We are going through every single game for the Sunday slate for NFL Week 5. Welcome to it. You know me, Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5, or you could follow along on Twitter. And our special guest, he's with us to preview every Sunday slate of all the games, really. Mike Palm, folks, at Mike Palm Circa, where you could follow him on Twitter, VEASAN contributor, and does fantastic work over at Circa Resorts, Sportsbook Casino, all the good stuff there in Old Vegas on Fremont Street. Mike, we're happy to have you along with us. I know uh, we're going to keep the same drill here going like we have been. We'll preview every single game on the slate. We'll dish out some of our favorite teasers, our top plays, and uh, we'll look at survivor contest strategies. But before we get into all that, Mike, how did week four treat you? I know you did pretty well once again here on the show, but uh, I'm sure you had a bunch of other bets that you dished out. So how did week four treat you? And then how did things go with Circus Sports Operations for week four? Um, you know, we made a big comeback on Circa on Sunday. We got beat up a little bit on Saturday. Um, a lot of people were on Illinois in that game. It's pretty amazing. Uh, but we got beat up on Saturday, but we made a comeback, uh, especially on the night game. Boy, Tampa Bay was such a, a super sharp play. On, on, and they kept betting them end game and end game and end game. So it was a great result for us, which made it a good Sunday. Um, even even if Brady would have scored a touchdown there on the last drive or a field goal, but a touchdown would have really swung almost a half million dollar result because of all the end game wow. action. 
and a field goal would have been about 200,000. So it worked out for us. For me, did well. Um, I know I hit the two plays on the show here. I also bet Tennessee straight plus four. Uh, did well nice. with Matt Humans with the contest show, his Saturday bet prep, you know, doing the $25,000 Circa Invitational with the 16 handicappers. I can't win because I work for Circa, but leading that contest now after four weeks at 14-5-1. and one. Um, So, yeah, uh, the, the two plays I really like, uh, Tennessee and the, and the Cowboys uh, covered pretty easily on Sunday. Yeah, I bet in game, I bet the under in the first half of uh, Arizona and Carolina. Uh, so the, the, what ineptitude. I mean, really, the only score was the pick six. Uh, Arizona was really inept to, to keep going on fourth down, and, and then they ended up coming back and winning the game because, once again, Baker Mayfield just can't do anything there in, in Carolina. And what's really funny about that game, too, because I was doing live bet Sunday with Jeff Parles and Ben Wilson, and we're looking at all these in-game angles. And out here in Illinois, I saw for the second half, Mike, uh, the bet that I did was Cardinals team total over 13 and a half at even money, not for the second half, but for the full game. And mm. I was kind of astonished because the Cardinals up to that point, I remember the number was they were averaging 14.3 second half points per game. That's all they've done this season. And the Panthers on the other side were giving up like 12 second half points per game. But yeah, you were all over that too. I mean, you know, I teased up the Cardinals just for a little security but you would stress it. You're like, Baker Mayfield is really looking terrible up to this point. And once again, that offense can't get anything going against a Cardinals defense that has been struggling. So uh, not looking good for Baker thus far, Mike. No. And what's the most amazing thing of this whole week is how is Carolina get another home game in the 330 time slot again? What are they <laughs> doing to America? This is awful. Uh they're killing us. They're killing. They got to switch it soon. We'll see. But hey, by the way, you know, Mike's bringing up these contests and I'm talking about VEASAN Live Bet Sunday, folks. We've got plenty going on at VEASAN, the sports betting network throughout this entire football season. If you're not a VEASAN Pro subscriber, you're missing out on all the betting analysis from the sharpest talent in Las Vegas, as well as pro tips, betting systems, and easy tracking for all the picks. Make sure you sign up now for just $99 and you'll have access to VEASAN Pro all the way through the Super Bowl, which means you'll get our subscriber-only betting guides to college bowl season and the Super Bowl, all for less than the normal monthly rate. $99 to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber now through the Super Bowl. Sign up at VSIN.com slash subscribe. All right, Mike, let's go ahead and get into it, my man. Let's start with another international game that we got this weekend. 8.30 a.m. Central Time for us out here. Very early for you guys. My goodness, 6.30 a.m. Mm -hmm. uh, the Packers and the Giants in this slot. Look, the Packers opened about six in the hook, and then they received the betting attention all the way now up to eight is what we're seeing painted across the board. Total at about 41 out in your neck of the woods in Sin City, it seems. Um, the Packers have looked ugly. L let's face it. I mean, offensively, they haven't been great. They barely got by last week against the Patriots and Bailey Zappi, the third string quarterback. Mike, I ended up using the Packers as a survivor selection because of all the uh, just how the line moved and the injuries with the line. So luckily I switched, but my goodness, it was not a stress-free bet with the Packers for that and my teaser down to two and a half. Look, Aaron Rodgers said it himself. The way this offense is conducted, it's not sustainable. But if you can get by doing it in an ugly fashion again, it's probably capable or you're probably capable of doing it against the likes of the Giants. 
I see this as another good teaser opportunity for the Packers. That's the only way I've played it, and I'll explain the other team I'm doing it with later. But that, I think, is the best angle in this game, along with some props, is probably teasing down the Packers in this situation. Danny, we should have lost our teaser last week. That was ludicrous. We <laughs> that was that was they 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 look lost on offense. They they really do. I couldn't believe it. We got lucky. We got mm-hmm. unlucky. Unlucky that Lafleur is such an idiot to challenge that play because they should have oh won the game. Oh my gosh! Why would he? Terrible. It? Obviously, the ball hit the ground, and now New England can run out the clock from the two yard line instead of getting the ball back with a minute left. So. Then we get lucky again, and then Belichick punts on fourth mm-hmm. and five. What's he, what's he think they were going to stop? I mean, I'm surprised he didn't take a <laughs> shot and just go for it and try to win the game there. So we end up – I don't even know if I can tease the Packers. I looked at it as a teaser possibility. I don't know. Um, how good are the Giants? It's tough to say. Um, you know, the record indicates they're decent, or at least uh, Brian Dable's managing these games well. They lose right. – uh, they lose dime time there, and still they they come put in some college rushing attack, and we're able to we're able to hold on against the Bears. Um, that was pretty amazing. I, I don't know. Would you be shocked if the Giants won this game? I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants won this game. The Packers are so hot and cold at times. I just decide to take a pass on it. In general, I don't like London games. I think they're just off. Everything's off about it. The travel's off. The practice is off. Stadiums are always so darn dark. They're not visual, you know. It's not aesthetically pleasing to watch these games. At least there was some drama with the, with the Saints uh, and and Minnesota last week. Uh, but so for me, it's a complete pass, not even a tease. Yeah, I, I would understand the sentiment of not wanting to get involved because of how bad the Packers have looked. I guess the reason that I like them just I, is better as the Giants have looked themselves they're pretty much one-dimensional still right now and that's just handing the ball off to Saquon Barkley and I'm sure he'll get north of 85 yards in this game but I just don't know if that's going to be enough at the end of the day to overcome the Packers again I'm hoping for their sake not as a Bears fan but for a better this week that last week against the Patriots was a wake-up call so that's why I think if you're looking for Green Bay best case is to tease Probably going to be stressing it out once again, but uh, luckily it's in the early morning slate and maybe you don't have to be up for all of it. But Mike, I, I want to ask you one more thing before we move on here. We're talking about LaFleur and his coaching decisions. Do you think, and I, I guess he could go either way here, but at the end of the game, once the Packers got into field goal range, they let the clock go all the way down, right? So that the kick would be the last play of the game. Do you almost think they should have done it with more time in case something had happened with Mason Crosby missing and then at least maybe you can play defense again and then try to get a stop? Or do you agree with letting the clock go all the way down if you miss, you end in a tie? I think the chances of you kicking on third down, you know, and then and then being able to, if it's a bad snap, just go down with the ball and kick a longer field goal. They're so remote to do that. I agree with the strategy. You tie or you win. Uh, in that case there. I, I, I do. And they weren't so close as they could just punch it in like like Missouri at Auburn where, you know, they started on the two and went back seven yards and missed the, <laughs> the, the field goal. So I, I think the strategy at the end of the game is right. But just the floor is always worried about being the head cheerleader instead of the head coach. That's what he's worried about. How could you? And then he says, oh, it was a terrible decision. We're lucky. We were. Your coach is in your ear. That's your replay guy. This assistant quarterback coach telling you, don't challenge, don't challenge, and he throws the flag. That's, I mean, to me, that's like a fireable offense. How bad is that? Jeff Fisher was better, and he was 22% on challenges. 
Yeah, that was I it just made no sense. It was clear because I was a little bit behind on mine and when I was doing mm-hmm. the show like Jeff and Ben were watching like, "Oh, maybe it's a catch." And I watched it live. I was like, "No, it clearly hit the ground." I mean, we've seen coaches refuse to do challenges that were way closer than that before yeah. where it could have been 50-50, but yeah, that was that was really bad and definitely should have altered the game more than it did. But hey, the Packers got lucky. We'll see if they can do it again, but this time out in London. Uh, a team that did play in London last week, Mike, the New Orleans Saints, man, they have been on the struggle bus so far. They take on the Seahawks, could be a decent spot for them, but Seattle and Geno Smith haven't been terrible. Uh, New Orleans opened as low as four in the hook back in May, got up to as high as six, and now has come back down to about five or five and a half in favor of the Saints. Total has spiked up to 46, highest number I'm seeing is 46 and a half. I just feel like I'm going to say this for almost every game. Granted, I did live bet the Vikings during the London game, but any spot with the Saints right now, Mike, I just feel like pre-flop is a complete stay away. I don't know what to make of them. They still have a lot of talent, but clearly there's been issues with Jameis Winston, and I don't want to put any stock in Andy Dalton if he's out there. And conversely with the Seahawks, yeah, Geno Smith has been fairly consistent himself with his accuracy, but still it's Pete Carroll and it's his bottom of the barrel Seahawks roster. I just, I just think this is a gross one all around. You know, I, I toyed with betting this game. I would use, if I was alive and survivor, I would use the saints. Mm. I, I, I don't believe Seattle's going to win two games on the road, two weeks in a row. True. The lions. I mean, if they don't have those injuries, I think it's a completely different game. You know, they never punted. Seattle never punted in that game. There was one time they stopped them on third down, and then the officials had blown the clock because the, the, the timekeeper in Detroit screwed up the play clock, and they let him run third and 18 again, and they did a draw play for 30 yards. I mean, how ludicrous. But uh, I would be shocked if the Saints lost this game. Not really a teasable number at five and five and a half. There's no value there with the, the way it lands. And five and a half is the biggest trap number in the world in terms of betting favorites. So, uh, But I, 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 the Saints' defense... I think it's going to be a performance like Geno Smith had. You know, remember for three straight halves between the second half of the opening game and then against San Francisco in week two, they did nothing offensively. Uh, I still think Seattle's a bottom three team in the league. Um, I would use the Saints and Survivor, but no play for me here on the side of total or tease. Yeah, I I don't hate that strategy here, especially if Kamara's back in the mix. You gotta think New Orleans has to figure it out in this spot. So I, I don't hate that idea of looking at him for Survivor. I just hate the idea of having to envision myself sweating that one out. But I, I do like the thought process there. Uh, like the the game that I'm looking at for Survivor would be Jacksonville and Houston. Now it's tricky. It's a division game. Houston probably ends up playing this one close. I definitely wouldn't want to lay seven with Jacksonville. It'd either be a teaser or you could probably convince me to take the seven with Houston. But man, this seems like if you're going to use Jacksonville and Survivor, this may be the spot to do so in. Uh, Jacksonville opened as a three-point favorite back in May. Of course, we've seen the Jags do well, and now they shot up to the seven. Some shops we see six in the hook, so a little bit of love to Davis Mills and company. Total consensus, we're seeing about 43 and a half. I know you've been liking the Jags this year. Do you like them in this spot, or do you think it's closer than the spread's telling you it's going to be? I'm not in love with my Houston Houston bet. Uh, win total over. Um, Davis Mills has to get be better. He, he just has to be better. 
they can't get in these games where they're giving up 28, 31 points like they did against the Chargers. The Chargers tried to let them back in the game yeah. uh, at, at the end, but then they scored and finished it off. Uh, I used the Jaguars in one leg of my teaser here, Danny, uh, teasing them down to one. Um, I would not take seven in this spot, although traditionally the Texans have played the Jaguars well. I would not, I would not do it here. I understand you're, if you wanted to use them in Survivor this week as well. This game was, you know, six. I might even play Jacksonville, but I don't want to have to win by two scores. So we'll tease them down to one. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Jags, and offensively, we know that they're capable of scoring points. It was a wake-up call almost going against one of the best teams in Philadelphia. But also, it's probably not getting a lot of respect. This is Jacksonville defense, Mike. I mean, both against the run and the passing game, they've been very strong. And the Texans are trying to get Damian Pierce involved. But once they start trailing to Jacksonville, they're going to have to abandon the run and then rely on Mills. And I just don't think he'll have enough what it takes. So uh, I do like you teasing down Jacksonville. That... That team's not going to make my teaser, but that would be the one that would come in next if I was going to add a teaser selection. But I think it will end up being my survivor play. So uh, you and I will certainly both be sweating out Trevor Lawrence and Davis Mills. Uh, any action here with Josh Allen versus now Kenny Pickett. The Steelers catching 14 points, total at 46 in the hook. Uh, your Steelers not looking too great up to this point, but I will say, I think for your case and the bet that you had, I think Kenny Pickett is going to end up being a better solution than Mitch Trubisky down the road. No, hopefully, but they have to beat the Jets at home. You know, if they're going to win nine games, you have to beat the Jets at home. Uh, a full marks and credit to the Bills who got dominated for two and three, or uh, one and three quarters quarters against Baltimore uh, in, a, in a game with bad weather where the Baltimore defense was flustering them early, that they just kept, you know, plodding along there with Josh Allen, but also in the second half defensively really contained uh, Baltimore. So that's a tough win to get yourself down in that spot in Baltimore in a rainy day like that. I give them full marks and credit. How can you touch this 14? I mean, it's, I can't lay it. And yet, if you told me Buffalo won by 27, I'd say, okay, you know, I, I believe it. Um, Maybe they'll let Kenny Pickett get out and throw the ball here because they're going to be behind and we'll see what he has to offer. But this game is a complete, complete pass for me. All right, I'm with you there. Nothing that I like. Uh, let's move along to Tampa Bay and Atlanta. Can Tom Brady lose three in a row? Well, he can, but you think it actually happens? I don't. I tease down Tampa Bay here, Mike, and it seems like it's going to be probably the most popular teaser leg, but the spread is now up to nine and a half, so you kind of miss the boat unless you want to opt into the seven-point teaser here. Uh, I got them when they were at eight, so I teased them down to two, and they were in part of the leg. I did the Bucks down, and then we were talking about Green Bay. I did Green Bay in one, and then I did Bucks with another team that we'll get to momentarily. But to imagine Tom Brady losing three games in a row, let's be honest, as good as Atlanta's looked offensively, Tom Brady needs this win. I know he didn't practice on Wednesday, but he said he's good to go for this weekend. They got the reinforcements. And yeah, they lost to the Chiefs, but offensively, Tampa Bay was great. It's just the opening kickoff where the guy fumbled really just screwed the pooch for the rest of the game. You're not going to recover from that against Patrick Mahomes, especially when they get the ball to start the second half. So I'm not too worried about Tampa Bay. I think they handled business pretty cleanly against Atlanta this weekend. Atlanta's a team where I'm trying to decide if I my preseason rating on them was too low. Um, they seem to be able to run the football. 
And if you can run the football, um, you can you can win games late. Um, I'm not interested in this game, Danny, even as a tease. And now you're over above a three with the tease if you're sticking with six. Um, I, I still think that there's something missing with this offense. They get. I, I agree with you. The game was over on the opening kickoff. They never did really recover to get themselves in that game where they put any pressure really on, on Mahomes. Uh, or the Chiefs, that, that they weren't in full control. But I think this is a good litmus test for Arthur Smith and the Falcons to see just where they are in the season and if they can keep this game competitive or possibly win it uh, in Tampa Bay. I might look a little bit here, lean to the under in this spot, because I respect that Tampa Bay defense. Uh, if you force them to become one-dimensional with the Falcons and have Mario to pass the ball, I think you can hold them under 17. Uh, and Brady's still not with a full complement of weapons, uh, but no play for me, Danny. Yeah, no Patterson, by the way, for Atlanta, so we'll see what they're able to scheme offensively in that spot against a great defense in Tampa Bay. But uh, I kind of like that under angle, too. Yeah, I don't hate that whatsoever, but I'm fully invested in Tampa Bay teasing, so I did Tampa Bay down to two, Green Bay down to two as a teaser. The other teaser I did also involved Tampa Bay down to two, and then I did this next spot, Mike, Minnesota down to minus one when they were seven. Now the Vikings lane seven in the hook. We're seeing the total at 44. Uh, this one's pretty simple. I mean, clearly the Bears have no offensive rhythm whatsoever. And they can only, or really they're only letting Justin Fields hand the ball off in the red zone. They had two red zone appearances in the first half, I believe it was, against the Giants. And they ran the ball four out of six times. You're not going to accomplish everything when the defense knows what's coming and Khalil Herbert's only getting about two yards per carry in the red zone. But conversely, and the biggest thing here, Mike, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley were able to just dominate you on the ground from either doing a handoff or doing a bootleg or some kind of play action. It was absurd the lack of adjustments that were made on the side of Chicago. You bring in a defensive coach, which in the first place I think is a mistake when you're trying to develop a quarterback, but then you clearly aren't making adjustments defensively against an offense that was running two sets of plays. How can you trust them here against Minnesota, who's looking for their star running back, Delvin Cook, to have a great game, who historically dominates Chicago? and Kirk Cousins as a quarterback who they love to run play action with with a plethora of receivers who can kill you deep. I think Minnesota has a huge advantage in this game. The part that scares me is Kirk Cousins can struggle against the Bears from time to time, so that's why I'm teasing them down here. But I would completely agree with the movement going from 7 to 7.5, not that I would lay the 7 in the hook, but still look to tease down Minnesota here. I, I think offensively the Bears cannot match them whatsoever. Traditionally, though, I agree. You cannot bet Minnesota at Soldier Field because Cousins is awful. You look historically, he's had some of the worst games ever of any quarterback when they go to Soldier Field. They're just it's befuddling uh, what he does there. I thought Minnesota was very conservative in London, especially at the end of the first yeah. half, where they just sort of just accepted kicking two field goals when they could have probably put some distance between them and the Saints uh, after Andy Dalton fumbled. Especially really conservative there just trying to kick a field goal to end the half. Uh, boy, Justin Fields not looking too good, Danny. He's, uh, I don't know what he's looking at. I don't know what, what he's doing when he's looking down the field. I don't think he can come off his primary. Uh, even when he's in space and he's not feeling pressure, or when his legs allow him to get some time to throw the ball, he's not identifying the open receiver. So there's some obvious questions there. Um, I'm with you. 
uh, here, I used uh, the Vikings in the second leg of the teaser uh, down to one, hooking them up with the Jaguars. Yeah, I like that play a lot. So the Vikings uh, in home in this spot, you know, so that could boost Kirk maybe a little bit, not having to go to Soldier Field, but love, love, love Minnesota teasing them down. Sorry, Bears fans, got to go against them. Uh, we're trying to be objective and cash some tickets, and the way to do that is by fading the Bears hopefully this weekend. Uh, Mike, this game I was talking about with Matt Humans in our last episode, and I asked him because it seems like there's a right side here. But the line movement is kind of steering me away. So the Titans on the road against the Commanders, Tennessee went up to two and a half until I think last night or this morning. And now you're seeing it down to two or one in the hook in favor of the Titans. So immediate movement went toward Ryan Tannehill's squad. Now the buyback has been coming toward Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders. By the way, total's gone up to 43. Tennessee seems like the better team, but I mean, Washington is desperate for a win and Tennessee still is bad enough as we literally saw week one when they blew the lead against the Giants to lose in a spot against a quarterback like Carson Wentz. So I, I think because of all those just aspects that flow into this game, I'll probably stay away, but I still have a small lean toward the Titans. This is a tough one for me because I like the Titans here, but can you trust them two weeks in a row on the road? Where do you evaluate the Colts and, and the, the Commanders as, as teams? Are they equal? They caught four in Indianapolis and dominated that game. Washington is really, really bad. They're really, they're horrific. Yeah. Horrific offensively. They can't protect wins. I mean, they got really nothing going in Dallas in that game. I couldn't believe that line was three. Um, I thought about teasing the Titans up over seven. But I think at the end of the day, I'm just going to let it lie and be happy with my win last week. Although, if you put a gun to my head, it would take me no hesitation to take the Titans in this spot. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one, my friend. Uh, lean Titans probably don't want to get involved in what's going to be a gross game. But, man, Washington just looks horrific. May look at some Ryan Tannehill props. Make sure you mm -hmm. check out Prop Watch. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, Washington with the 30th ranked pass defense in DVOA. No bueno in terms of defending the pass for the commanders. Mike, the next game I want to look at, I did pull the trigger on this morning, actually. And now you are seeing some movement. Uh, it looks like you guys still have them at a flat three, although you're laying about minus a buck 20, rather, for the Dolphins on the road against the Jets. No Tua. You got Teddy Bridgewater, the ATS machine. I think it's, I'm looking at it, 24 and six when playing on the road, 24 and six against the number, just absolutely absurd for Teddy Bridgewater. But, you know, throwing that out the window here, not even looking at that. How much of a downgrade do you put from Teddy Bridgewater compared to Tua Tungavailoa? Like, yeah, Tua should be the better quarterback and is more familiar, I suppose you could say, with the experience in the games with the system. But they brought or they have a guy like Teddy Bridgewater because he can match the skill set of Tua Tungavailoa that you can instill seamlessly into this offense. Teddy Bridgewater is a mobile guy. He's played in the league for a while. He has shown glimpses of looking like he can still be a starter. And let's not freak out about the Jets beating the Steelers. I mean, I'm not that high in the Jets, so it was a little surprising that they lost, but it didn't completely, uh, completely like knock me out of my chair. So if you can still get the three, which I was able to here in Illinois at about minus 115, 
I think the Dolphins are a viable play, Mike. And you know what? If I push on the three, so be it. If the Jets win, I'll tip my cap and walk away. But I really don't think there's that much of a difference from Tua to Teddy Bridgewater. And they've had a lot of time because they played on Thursday to prepare him for this game too. So, yeah, I laid three with Miami. Well, you're a brave man, Danny Burke. Uh, <laughs> you think you think that two gloves is better than Tua? I don't like that he wears the two gloves, and I don't think he's better, but I just don't think there's that much of a separation in how they run the offense. I, I look at it this way. Like, Teddy is a 50, and you know he's a 50. Tua could be a 70, or he could be a 25. You, you, right. you know what I mean? You're, you sort of <laughs> yes. know what you're getting out of Bridgewater. Um, I don't know, though. Zach Wilson now starting to get some, you know, time back under him and, and some health. Uh are the, are the Jets viable now with him back? They win the game last week, inexplicably come from 10 down in the fourth quarter uh, and had two impressive drives, really, against the Steelers to come back and win that game. Is is Wilson distracted now? Is he trying to reach out to Giselle this week, knowing that she might be available? <laughs> that could be a factor as well. I don't know. I give the uh, the Jets a little bit of a puncher's chance here at home, so I passed on this game. I wouldn't. I don't want to lay mm. points in this spot here. Okay, fair enough. We'll uh, we'll get the update on the Zach Wilson and uh, Giselle, uh, you know, relationship post this game. We'll really find out what happened there. Uh, Mike, let's move along. Let's go Cleveland and Los Angeles. The Chargers on the road were laying three. Now it's come down to two and a half in favor of Herbert's crew. A total we're seeing at about 47 in the hook. This is a really tough one to me, Mike. And it seems like clearly, I mean, the sharp action is going toward the Browns. If Keenan Allen isn't going this week, I could see why, especially because the Chargers have a really bad run defense. I think they're allowing over four yards per carry up to this point. And Cleveland, we know, loves to run the ball. But hey, if you don't fully trust the Browns, maybe you look to tease them up from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. Because if there's one thing we know about the Chargers, they love making it closer than it needs to be, even if they win. So maybe teasing up Cleveland could be a viable look. This is the first part of my second teaser. I'm going to take, and, you know, it, it's we have to go with the number is now. I'm going to take the Browns. This is going to be a six and a half point teaser. Okay, Danny? I'm going to take okay. the Browns up to nine. I want the nine here in this spot. Um, I think the wrong team is favored. And, I, you know, if, if I'd have been more decisive earlier in the week, I'd have taken three straight. I, I do. I don't, I don't like this Chargers team. Uh, I don't like their special teams. I don't like their special teams going on the road to a place that could be bad weather. In Cleveland, we saw like four of their eight home games have horrific weather, wind, sometimes rain, sometimes cold. I think the Browns absolutely can run the ball and then set Brissett up enough in play action to take advantage of this Chargers defense. Not saying the Chargers can't win the game, but I don't think San Diego controls this game. And I think the Browns would probably have to turn the ball over a few times. Look, I don't get it. They open the game up. They have a nice drive. They get stuck at the four and they don't want three points in Atlanta. I don't get that on the road. I don't get those decisions. Um, but uh, so first part of the second teaser here is Browns plus nine. I like that a lot, honestly. This <laughs> is a game I haven't paid much attention to, Mike. And now that it's down to two in the hook, I'm, I'm kind of tempted here. I mean, look, hey. I was high on the Chargers like a lot of people coming in this year, but they've looked bad. What You know, our Circa contest lines for the Circa Millions came out uh, about two hours ago. We put this at two. Nowhere in the world is this game two. What wow. does that tell you? 
Chris Bennett and company think it's thinks it lands two or maybe even a little less. Jeez, man. Okay. All right. Hey, I might, yeah, I may have to craft another teaser here because I wasn't, you know, even until I was speaking out loud, I hadn't thought that deep about it, but yeah, I mean, even if the chargers do pull it out, let's be honest, it's going to be probably at most, I mean, a field goal, but realistically, if you really get hurt, like a touchdown, I mean, the chargers had the huge lead last week and they still almost blew it. Like that's just what they do. So yeah, I mean, with this run offense for Cleveland, Man, yeah, I, I kind of like that a lot. We'll see if I can come up with another team because I obviously don't want to use the Bucks again. Maybe I'll put the Vikings <laughs> in it once more. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you'll be safe there with teasing up the Browns. What about this game in Foxborough next, Mike? The Patriots taking on the Lions. The Lions are still banged up, it seems. Amon Ross St. Brown wasn't practicing. DeAndre Swift wasn't practicing. Mac Jones on the other side, I believe he was practicing. I, I guess we don't know the official status, but the spread is probably telling you that the indications are likely that'll play because it opened about two and now it's up to three in the hook at a lot of shops. 46 is the total we're seeing. Mike, uh, New England feels like the right side here, but I, I don't know. Something's just kind of holding me back from still wanting to actually bet on this Patriots team. I think this is a good game. I think it'll be a close game. I don't mind if you have Bailey Zappi either. I thought he played well on the road in Lambeau. Mm -hmm. uh, held his composure. Now he gets to go. If he plays, goes home. If it's Mac Jones, so be it. Lions on the road. We saw him on the road. They should have won the game a, a, against Minnesota uh, if Dan Campbell doesn't uh, botch the ending there. I mean, he went for it 10 times, and then he tries a long field goal. Um, so I think it's a really good game. I think either team could win. The number's right at three, so pass for me, Danny. All right, let's take a look at the team that you're excited to talk about, I know, uh, and watch especially, the Carolina Panthers in that mid-afternoon slot, baby. They're taking on Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. San Fran back in May, open three. Total is about 39. Now you're seeing the spread all the way up to six in the hook in favor of Kyle Shanahan's crew. Total still at 39. Baker has looked terrific. You've talked about that. Matt Rule is still questionable as the head coach in this league. Uh, San Francisco looking like they got their normal team back with Jimmy Garoppolo having a great, or maybe not great, but a good enough performance against the Rams on Monday Night Football. It just seems like they're going to do what they typically do, run the ball, do these short passes, scheme well against this Carolina defense. That is fine. I just don't really know if I'm in love with the idea of laying six in the hook on the road with San Francisco, Mike. Uh this is the second part of my six-and-a-half-point teaser is the 49ers, Danny, down to uh, a pick -em with the Browns plus nine. I, I, I think you can reasonably make the argument that Mayfield's been the worst quarterback so far in the NFL of the regular starters. How many points do you think that, that the Panthers are going to put up? If this number was 40, 41, I would play it under as well. I think this this game yeah, has like, like this game has 23-3, written all over it because I don't think I feel like 14 would be the max the Panthers get here in this. Oh, game. I would go under a team total of 14. I would oh. definitely go under. What they they only scored three points really against Arizona and they stopped them twice on fourth down. One of them picked six. I mean, mm -hmm. it's ridiculous. They did nothing. They did nothing offensively. The other three points they got at the end of the half was idiot Kingsbury, who on third and three from his own 23, you have to run the ball there with a minute to go. Carolina's got all three timeouts. You have to, if you don't get it on the ground, force them to use a timeout. But no, they let Baker, 
who has three timeouts, and they know they can just go 10 yards down the middle, 10 yards down the middle, 10 yards, and kick a 50-yard field goal in the half. What is he doing at Kingsbury? He's a joke. <laughs> Every time they have a fourth and short, he has to take a timeout. He can't decide because he doesn't know which friend to phone. I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I like the 49ers to win. You know this. You know the opener on this game was, Danny, two and a half was the look Jeez. ahead on this game. And up to six and a half because people were, I guess, impressed uh, with the 49ers uh, on uh, on Monday night. Boy, was that a public pro play, right? I mean, all the public was on the Rams thinking they should have been favored and all the Sharps were on the 49ers. So it was a, it was a mixed bag because it sort of evened out for us. Uh, but uh, I like the 49ers a lot, a lot, a lot in this spot. And that's why I use them in the teaser and lean under. I like your angle, though, because I don't know if you consider that a prop. Maybe you do, but a Panthers team total under. So I'm looking at one book right now, Mike. Panthers team total under 16 and a half minus 125. Well, it has to be that if it's six and a half and 39, right? It's a derivative. So, mm -hmm. boy, if you could shop and find a 17, that that would be something. Yes, I, I would completely agree with that. I like I do, that a lot. I'd lay, lay $2 to go under 17 you know, or 180 or wherever you can find that price. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, hey, I'll see if I can find one around mm -hmm. here in a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, San Francisco's defense, uh, one of the best, if not, I think, metrically top in the NFL. Buffalo certainly up there in Tampa Bay. <laughs> but San Francisco's defense has been unbelievable. And Carolina's offense has been the complete opposite. So probably a good idea to look at a team total under for the Panthers. Uh, the team they played last week, the Cardinals, Mike, they get a home game. They're taking on the red-hot Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts in this offense laying five and a half. You could get some fives out there, but you talk about like the dead, awkward number of five in the hook, and that's what you're seeing with the Eagles. Total for this one at 49. Seems like it's kicked up a little bit. I didn't play anything here, Mike. I think if I did, it seems obvious, but taking the over in this game would probably be the right move to make. Or you just look at a second-half betting opportunity for the Cardinals. I guess maybe you could do a first-half under, assuming the Cardinals aren't going to score anything in the first half, and then kind of correlate that with how you bet the second half. I don't know. It's just really insane how consistently bad they've been to start games and then how they flip a switch. They don't win every time, but they score enough to at least make it somewhat interesting, it seems. What are they at? They're averaging like less than four points in the first half. It's really amazing. Uh, zero, three, three, and then whatever they had with uh, with uh, against the Rams. Maybe it's an Eagles first half play. Maybe you lay a field goal with the Eagles, or if you can find a two and a half in the first half. I, I just think, I don't know when will the bubble burst here on Philadelphia. At some point, they're going to lose, right? They're not going to go 17-0. and 0. Um, They got down 14 nothing at home, but got back into the game pretty quickly there against a decent Jacksonville team. Um, so give them marks and credit for that. That was really maybe the most miserable weather of the week. I guess Baltimore and Philadelphia are relatively close. That cold rain, coldish rain, is tough, especially on the kicking games. Um, I wonder if people will think about using the Eagles and Survivor here. I know they don't like to use road teams, but Cardinals have been pretty dreadful. Pass for me, Danny. I, I, and I, maybe I make a first-half bet, but, but not an official play here for our, our little venture. All right, Mike, uh, one book right now, and again, you may be able to find three in your lane a little bit, but it's probably anywhere from three to three and a half on the Eagles' first half. Total points by the Cardinals' first half, 10 in the hook, unders minus a buck, 43. Eagles' first half points, 13 and a half. 
the Philadelphia Eagles averaging the most first half points in the NFL with 23. 23 first half points. The Cardinals are dead last. A complete opposite, Mike. The Cardinals averaging, like you said, just four points per first half thus far. If you think that continues, an amazing opportunity to look at these first half spots, uh, fading the Cardinals and then backing the Eagles. I, the thing that would maybe hold me back is kind of like you're saying, and maybe it's not something to actually put weight on, but you just feel like at some point the Eagles may slow down a little bit and that the Cardinals just aren't as dreadful in the first half. But it doesn't, I mean, based on what we've seen, why would you think it would be this game because of how dominant Philadelphia has been? So, man, I think, yeah, I mean, maybe laying three if you can get it under, like, minus a buck 30, like minus 125 or minus 120, Eagles minus three first half. You think that would be worth a play? Yeah, I think so. How can you bet on this Kingsbury? I mean, how did the guy get a head coaching job in the NFL? <laughs> He's six years at Texas Tech. The best they did was tied for fifth in the Big 12. What, what, I don't get it. I don't get it. All. What have they done? They're never really in sync offensively. That, that's the thing. I just don't ever feel like they're in sync. And I think everybody has a playbook on how to play Kyler Murray. Those two fourth down plays, it was like the, Matt Rule in Carolina knew what they were doing. I mean, they're just sitting there waiting. I, 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 I have to lean Eagles here. And the Eagles seem very steady. They're like a steady team. Hertz is like emotionally matured. And I think yeah. they look to him as a leader. And they did, they're just confident. They're confident. They don't try to do too much on offense. They'll work the ball down the field, take their shots. But they know their defense is going to keep them in the game. They're a very balanced team between all. When you talk about teams that have a, sort of an equal level of proficiency on a high scale offensively and defensively, they may be the most balanced team in the league. And by the way, out in your neck of the woods in Las Vegas, minus three, about minus a buck 20 is what every book seems to have on the Eagles for first half total at about 24. So uh, there's your chance. Go get it. Seems to be the popular number. And based on what we've seen, could be a popular bet between Arizona and Philly. Uh, moving along here, Mike, I am excited to hear your thoughts because you have been pretty high. Well, I guess at least last week you were high on Cooper Rush in this Cowboys team, or more so maybe it was just a fate of Carson Wentz. But very interesting spot going against this Rams team that has not looked like the Super Bowl champion squad that we saw last year. This thing opened, assuming Dak Prescott was playing at four and a half. Then it went to the Rams minus seven last week. And after they lost to the 49ers Monday night, this thing dropped back down to about four and a half to five and a half. Anywhere in that range is what we're seeing, Mike. But five and a half seems to be the consensus. 43 seems to be the most common total. Does Cooper Rush have what it takes to cover this number against the Rams or the Rams coming into this game pissed off? And are they finally going to have a vintage Rams game that we know they're capable of? I like it under, Danny. This is my single uh, straight bet here, under 43. Mm. I think that Cooper Rush, now he's the first quarterback in NFL history to win his first four starts and have a passer rating of 90 or higher in all four starts. Wow. I think Cooper Rush is making McCarthy and the Dallas offensive staff better coaches because they're forced to manage the game to what his strengths are. Where with Dak, they just think he can do everything. They call whatever they want. I think they're managing the game very well and playing complementary football with their defense. Um, Matthew Stafford looks like the Lions' Matthew Stafford, right? He got his ring, and now we're back to – he's horrible in the fourth quarter. I couldn't believe the stat when I was watching Monday Night Football. No touchdowns and, like, three interceptions in the fourth quarter of games so far this year. 
I think this is another game that Cowboys play close and low scoring, like they did with Cooper Rush against the Giants, like they did with Cooper Rush against Cincinnati, like they did with Cooper Rush against um, the Washington team. I like this game. I think four and a half is too high of a number. Um, but if they won by a touchdown, the Rams, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but I think this is another 2017 type of a game that's played close and conservatively. You know McVay likes to run the ball when he gets a lead. He's very good when he can get to the lead. Couldn't really get to the lead in San Francisco. So under 43 for me, Danny. So, Mike, let me paint you a picture here. What if somehow Dallas ends up winning this game? What do you do with the quarterback situation? I know Jerry Jones is saying that there's competition just to, you know, kind of make uh, make headlines there and whatever outlets he can get on. But Mike McCarthy's still standing strong behind Dak being the starter, as he should. But, man, if you can win another game and on the road against the Rams team that is hungry for a win, how do you take out Cooper Rush after that? Were you watching the Lombardi line uh, prior to us taping this, Danny? Because that was one of my pressing poems. Mm. Pressing three was the number one question for Michael Lombardi. If they win at SoFi on Sunday, is it automatically Dak's job when he's healthy? I think the answer is yes, because I think Cooper Rush's role as being a backup has been very valuable, but I think he's there when Dak's not there. And if the Cowboys staff handled Dak the way they handled Cooper Rush, I think Dak would be more successful. So... I think it's an interesting question, but I think it probably still is and should be Dak's job when he comes back. Yeah, I like the point you make about their coaching staff, though. And maybe you're right. I mean, looking back at it, if the Cowboys end up doing fine when Dak returns, you can point to Cooper Rush challenging these coaches to scheme a little bit differently, to prepare a little bit differently. So I think that's a good thing to keep in the back of your head to understand when Dak comes back. I like that assessment a lot. Uh, Mike, final game here, Sunday night football, AFC North matchup, your favorite division, the Ravens taking on the Bengals, Baltimore open at the very early number, minus one. Now they're up in some shops to minus three in the hook, but a lot of them have minus three, about minus a buck 20. Total we see at 48. I like Baltimore in this game. I know Matt Eumann's laid three in this spot, and I don't hate the idea of laying three, but as you know, we kind of joke about sometimes I'll lay a little bit more on that money line. I know I laid the three with the Dolphins, but I'm actually going to go with the more expensive money line price here because, you know, Harbaugh's not afraid to go for a wacky two-point conversion that could do anything. Um, I just, and this seems like it's going to be some kind of gross all over the place, AFC North primetime game to where, I don't know, like the Ravens could win by two and it wouldn't shock me. I don't know why. I just have this feeling. And we've seen it happen in these type of games before with Baltimore. But I do think they're the right side here. They're still one of the best offenses in the NFL, averaging the most or one of the most yards per play up to this point. Defensively, their pass defense is a train wreck. But the run defense has its moments, so we'll see if they can limit Mixon. But Joe Burrow, I wouldn't be surprised if he can rack up a lot of yardage in the air. But I just think it'll be one of those back-and-forth type of scoring battles. So I wouldn't hate if you told me you liked the over here. But I like that the Ravens had another gross loss when you're looking at this game. And I like that Marcus Peters blew up at Harbaugh on the sidelines. This seems like... And it's not really a buy-low spot, but it has the feeling of somewhat of a buy-low spot. If Baltimore didn't blow that game against Miami, if Baltimore didn't have that, you know, in quotes, controversial decision from Harbaugh, which I do think was the right call, um, I wonder what the spread would be if it would be up to three and a half consensus instead of three. 
I just think Baltimore is the better team at the end of the day, even though the Bengals have looked good the past two weeks. But let's not forget it was against the likes of the Jets and Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers on a short week. So I like Baltimore a lot in this spot, and I laid about minus a buck sixty-five on the money line. Danny, if my aunt had nuts, she'd be my uncle's. If 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 <laughs> if, if 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 I don't know, you know, one of the questions I didn't ask Lombardi because I usually prepare like six and then pick three as we go was is is it too long for coaches and places sometimes is the message tired is the scheme tired is the and and maybe it's getting to be that time for Harbaugh what they've trailed for 14 seconds and they're two and two I mean I, I don't know I don't know if it's a good thing that they were upset there at the end of the game about not letting Buffalo score trying to strip the ball and all that this should be a heck of a Sunday night game just like we got last week with Chiefs and Bucks I think this will be a terrific entertaining game um I think it's more a litmus test about where are the Bengals right now, defending AFC champions. Can they be competitive here in Baltimore? Can they go in there and and put 27 on the board? Can they go in there and control this game? Um, so I'm passing on the game because I think it'll be a terrific game. And the number's probably just about right. I think if it was north of three, I would look Bengals in even. Yeah, I could understand if it got over three to wanting to take that with Cincinnati because I do think now that they've at least gotten those two wins, that will give more confidence and more of a rhythm for Joe Burrow to kind of get back in the mix of what we witnessed last year. But yeah, I just think clearly this is going to be their stiffest competition. I think Baltimore just is going to have the right edge in this game. And after what you've seen with those two losses, uh, they're going to really want it on Sunday night. And I mean, it's kind of a stupid thing to say. Every team's going to want it, but it just seems like this is a little bit more of an important spot for Baltimore. And I just like what they've been doing up to this point offensively a tad bit better. But you're right. Should be a fun one. Should be fun to see where the spread ends up too. I'm sure it'll touch three and a half. We've already seen it in one shop out in Las Vegas, touch three in the hook, and we're seeing the minus 120s if you're laying the three with Baltimore. But again, I am laying a little bit more for that money line at about minus 165 for Sunday night football. Uh, Mike, before we get into uh, into our favorite teasers and into our best bets, let's jump into Survivor really quick. I know you and I kind of talked about some of these games. You like for Survivor selection the Saints. That seems like mm -hmm. it would be your number one option. I like the Jags. Probably right now, there's like a 95% chance I'm going with Jacksonville as my survivor selection. I switched last second to the Packers last week and had to sweat that out. But now at this point, I'm looking more so strategically down the line all the way throughout the end of the season, mapped it all out. And I don't want to use the Vikings because there's a spot, I think on Thanksgiving week that I wanted to use them. Uh, Tampa Bay, there's a spot I definitely want to use them later in the year. Same thing with the Bills. I kind of want to save them. And the Saints, I'm just not fully there to trust them. So I'm probably going with Jacksonville. Uh, who do you think will probably end up being the most popular play? And I, the obvious options would, of course, be like Buffalo or Tampa Bay. But I'm curious no. with the amount of entries left, how many of those people have used some of those teams? If you want to kind of just give us an overall update on the Survivor Contest at Circa. I think either Tampa or Jacksonville will be the most popular pick. Uh, look. Uh, you've got to save Buffalo for Thanksgiving in Detroit, I believe. That, that's what I believe. And then I, if it was me, I would be saving the Chargers as much as I, I hate to say it for that Christmas day after Christmas game. That's its own week uh, yeah. in Indianapolis. Uh, anyhow, you know, if the Packers lose, we're down to 533 entries. It's unbelievable. But wow. as it was, 177 out with the Steelers, 91 out with the Lions, which you avoided that 
that pitfall, a 49 with the Colts, eight with the Browns. So anyhow, we went from 1550 down to 1222 right now. So just a tad over 80% have been eliminated through four weeks. Wow. Jeez. It's uh, it's mayhem with the survivor contest. And you guys are running a promo, right, for uh, people who had their entries eliminated? Well, it's a little give back, yeah. If you were in Survivor and you have all of your entries eliminated, so you're out, uh, then we invite you to come back for a free hostel, hotel stay in a day bed at Stadium Swim. Uh, it runs November 7th through January 5th, and you book it Monday through Thursday. You can pick any of the three hotels, Circuit the D or Golden Gate, and then get your reservation for a day bed at Stadium Swim with no minimum. You could do it on a Monday night football, Thursday night football. We're trying a new concept out there, Winter Swim this year, so we have a few wrinkles up our sleeves i want mm. to, to partake in it and i think we're close to 100 people already have have done that have booked their stay you go to circlelasvegas.com the website circus sports page there's a form called survivor empathy form fill it out that goes to jeff benson and his team they reach out to you and then you know they confirm you were eliminated from survivor and they'll book your hotel uh stay in your your day bed for you now I, I have to say this it's not for the guy that bought six and has four left right you have to be out we had people right. called in. They're outraged, outraged that Derek Stevens wouldn't give them a free hotel stay when they've lost one or more entries. If, you know, humanity is a really bad experiment, Danny. It's just, <laughs> it's sickening to me. That's like saying, well, why did he give the Catholic charities? Why didn't he give to me? Why didn't he? I mean, people are outrageous, outrageous. Hey, beggars can't be choosers, baby. You guys are doing an awesome thing. That's why you're the best in the biz. And again, if you lost all your entries, make sure you check it out. Great crew over at Circa from the top down. Love to see it. And, uh, man, we'll uh, we'll see what those entries are looking like after this week. A lot of viable options. We'll see where the masses trend toward after NFL Week 5. All right, Mike, our teaser plays. I know it's going to correlate with some of our best bets. I got two teasers here. I already mentioned it with the Bucks. I did the Bucks down to minus 2, and I did the Vikings down to minus 1. You can get the Vikings down to minus 1.5 right now, although with Tampa Bay, they're at 9.5. So at that point, you're going to have to use a seven-point teaser if you want to implement Tampa Bay. We did seven-point teasers last week, came through. You're laying a little bit more, but if you have a lot of conviction like I do with Tampa Bay, I still see it as a good option. Then the other teaser I had were the Bucks down to minus two and the Packers down to minus two. I know Green Bay's look ugly, but the Giants are a one-dimensional team, and I think Green Bay can figure it out enough, even though it's in a weird international game after a gross win against the Patriots last week. The one I'm tempted on after talking to you, Mike, is looking to tease up uh, the Browns. Uh, so I may add something with that. And if I do, always check it out at vsin.com with our best bets page. But I know that you got them involved and you got, uh, what is it, a couple teasers overall for this week? Two. The first one is the six-point teaser with Jaguars and Vikings. And then a six-and-a-half-point teaser, the Browns and the 49ers. I kind of, yeah, the 49ers seem like a good option too because I wouldn't want to lay the six in the hook. If I was doing anything with San Fran, I think the smartest play would be to tease them down. So uh, the fade Baker train hopefully stays alive for you, Mike, this week with your teaser. But yeah, man, I'm really tempted for that Cleveland one. Just got to figure out who else to pair it with. All right, in terms of our other bets, Mike, uh, just to recap last week, like we discussed a little bit at the beginning of the show, you had a good week, 2-0 and last week. Overall record for you looks to be eight and three. I end up five and four for my picks from Thursday to Monday night. I'm currently sitting at 12 and 17. So we're trying to claw back uh, slowly but surely. 
So your overall best plays are looking like what for this week, along with the two teasers he just listed? Uh, I only have one. I know you have two. I have one. It's the Cowboys and the Rams under 43, Danny. Cowboys and the Rams under 43. All righty. And hey, like we said, if Mike adds any more, he'll list it at the Best Bets log page, whatever other shows he's hopping on with. So make sure you keep up to date with that. Uh, like Mike said, I got two aside from my teasers right now. I got the Dolphins minus three taking on the Jets. I think Teddy Bridgewater is still a really strong option. Same type of quarterback as Tua. So I believe he can fit seamlessly in this offense. And then the Ravens money line minus 165. I don't hate the idea of laying the three at minus a buck 20, but this game just feels like it's going to have some sort of shenanigans that could maybe make it fall within three. And I'm willing to pay a little bit more to have that security and think the Ravens are the better team and get it done on Sunday night football. So that's what I got rocking with. I'll have plenty more in terms of props. Make sure you check out Prop Watch on VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast feed, the same spot that you found this episode. Make sure you're giving that a listen. And if you want the condensed version of our best bets, Sunday's best bets also available as well. Best of luck with whatever you got going this weekend, Mike. Best of luck to you. Anything else you want to add or are you all set and ready for NFL Week 5? No, I'm hoping for you here, Danny. I'm hoping that you will get... Here you, you will get your four plays and get to 16 and 17. That's what we're hoping, my man. <laughs> Got to catch up to you. At least you're holding <laughs> us down. At Mike Falm Circa, where you can follow Mike on the tweets at Danny Burke 5 for myself. And to become a pro subscriber at VEASAN, check it out, VSIN.com slash subscribe. That's going to do it. Thank you again, folks. Take care.